do this? I am two Coke Zeros in and I am ready to party. Two. Two. <laughs> and some legal meth. Here Fun. we fucking go. Uh-huh. Well, welcome to the podcast. Yeah. The Crime podcast culture? that is ours. Yes. That's mm-hmm. it. That's the name. You got it. And who are you? Oh my gosh. I said, who are you? Oh, I thought you <laughs> I thought you said, look at you. And I was like, look at you. Um, I'm Caitlin. I'm Haley. That's Haley. And here we are. We never intro the podcast if you listen. We so. really don't. We we every Weird. time once we close out, we're like, did we? No. Nope. No, we did not. <laughs> never said never said the title of the podcast. Nope. Eh, if you're here, you know. If, if you, you know, don't, you, you know. know. If you know, you know. Anyway. It's the cool kids club. <laughs> yep. Kidding. Kidding. I've never been part of that. Oh no. <laughs> no. Absolutely not. <laughs> um Today Tell is me. it's a little bit of a departure today from what we usually cover. I would say Not this is part of the info series. We're going to shoot you some information today. Yeah, we're going to um, learn. And this is like we're in episode what is this? What what what? Like 180? 100 We're we're no, pushing 173. 200. Look at that. Oh. Well, <laughs> still we're still pushing 200. We're just not pushing 200 as hard. No. Uh so in the past 172 episodes we have uh referred to people as psychopaths and sociopaths multiple times it's been brought up in almost all the cases we've covered so i finally thought well we need to figure out what exactly is a psychopath what exactly is a sociopath how are they different how are they the same and some of the information i found is actually pretty interesting so i wanted to share it with y'all yeah I'm down. I'm here for it. Let's go. Uh, I'm going to start this by saying I am not in any way, shape, or form. uh, I don't know. Uh, I took a a psychopath test, which we'll get to in a moment. She hides it Uh, well. So we'll see. But I am no way, shape, or form a psychology major, professor, student. Oh, yeah, that's true. I have gotten all my information from psychology websites that I have researched that if you want to do your own research you can go ahead honestly there's been a lot of debate whether psychopath and sociopath are the same thing or are they different things and how are they different so some people some places said that they are like this is spoiler alert for what i'm going to get into (laughs) but (laughs) lots of places said that there's no difference between what they are they're just two different terms and then some places said no these they are different and this is how they are different so (laughs) you know what if you are a psychology student, I would love to hear from you and hear. We do have some psych students. I know that we do. Listen. So yes. I want to hear how wrong all this information is first of all, <laughs> so we can have a really fun correction section from people who actually know what they're talking about. That but, would be great. Yeah, but this is what I have found. If if you're doing your own research online, you're probably going to find similar sources to this and similar information to this. So let's get into it. And before we do, if you are a psychology student and we do get shit wrong, write it down, send it to us, and let us know where you go to school so we can forward that to your professors for extra credit. Yeah, right? Be like, yes. look, they are educating us. Look at how good they are. <laughs> They're going to be the best psychologists. Like, Reaching look at them. Out. Look at them be. Um, so, we begin with a psychopath. What is a psychopath? Caitlin, what do you think a psychopath is? 
Um, my childhood dog, Pierre, he lived to nearly 17. He bit everybody. Well, bit is, is a theoretical word. He had no teeth, but he gummed every single person in my family and outside of my family with the exception of myself because he was a Norman Bates style mama's boy. All right. Well, that is quite a definition that I was not expecting. I still but have his paw made from his ashes right here. You want to see? That's going to make me cry. That's so sad. <gasps> That's it's so, so cute. cute. I know. All well, right, all right, all right. What we're ahead. talking about is not cute. So the term psychopath no. is used to describe someone who is callous, unemotional, and morally depraved. Oh, I know a couple of those. Yeah. I'm related to a couple of those. And this term is not an official mental health diagnosis. I'm going to start that right up top. Um, okay. But it is often used in clinical and legal settings. Like you will hear it sometimes in a courtroom. You will mm -hmm. hear it sometimes in documentation about some of these crimes. Okay. Um, Dr. Prakash Masand, I'm hoping I'm saying that right, um, is a psychiatrist and the founder of the Centers of Psychiatric Excellence and explains that the true definition of a psychopath in psychiatry is antisocial personality disorder, heretofore known as ASPD. Okay. Um, and ASPD describes an individual who shows patterns of manipulation and violation to others. And as I'm talking about this, like there's going to be a lot of like, examples that kind of swirl around your brain from different cases that we've talked about definitely in ones that are coming up uh as i've read through all this information and researching other episodes i'm like yup 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 like <laughs> that is this yeah. person that is this person <laughs> it, it's crazy how much it comes up so uh dr masan says that one thing that can be confusing about aspd are the words antisocial um, saying, quote, most people might assume this describes someone who is reserved, a loner, keeps to himself, etc. However, this is not the case with ASPD. When we say antisocial in ASPD, it means someone who goes against society, rules, and other behaviors that are more commonplace, end quote. So okay. they're not antisocial that they don't want to be near anybody or with anybody. That certainly can be a, another factor, but... The, the antisocial in ASPD means they are anti-society, kind of. Right. Like, they don't, like, con conform to social expectations or norms in the sense of, like, not just for that example, they don't. don't conform. They specifically strive to go against. Yes. Well, like, I, if you're I told guess I should rule, say refuse to conform. Yes. Yeah. If you're told um, a rule, you, they automatically are like, no, opposite. Yeah. Because you said that that's a rule? Absolutely not. They're all Tauruses. I I don't know. I didn't They're research the uh, <laughs> I didn't research the um, zodiac side. Speaking as a Taurus, they're all Taurus. <laughs> that's right. Everything that's ever said about the zodiac is like Scorpios are shit people, and I'm like, well, sometimes. <laughs> My favorite um, is I saw a TikTok, and the dude was like, "What sign are you?" And he goes, "I'm a Capri Sun." Yes, exactly. <laughs> Um, since the term psychopath is not an official diagnosis, experts refer to the signs described under ASPD. According to Dr. Masson, some of the more common signs to be aware of include things such as socially irresponsible behavior, disregarding or violating the rights of others, inability to distinguish between right and wrong, difficulty with showing remorse or empathy, tendency to lie often. That is the cat in the background. We're not cutting that one out because too much um manipulating and hurting others reoccurring problems with the law 
general disregard towards safety and responsibility, antisocial behavior, narcissism, superficial charm, impulsivity, callous, unemotional traits, lack of guilt, lack of empathy. So all these things can be signs of somebody who has ASPD. Okay. And other behaviors that may be signs include um, tendency to take risks, reckless behavior, and um, being deceitful, frequently lying. Okay. So, again, this comes up a lot with some of the the people that we're talking about. At the end of the episode, I'll I'll talk about people who are allegedly, real-life people allegedly who have ASPD or suspected to have ASPD. I don't want anyone coming for me from the... uh, (laughs) Uh, spoiler alert, Kevin Spacey camp saying that oh. he definitely doesn't. I don't Lord know if he does. Almighty. I found a list that said these people have ASPD and I'm like, okay. Doesn't say People Magazine, so let's go forward. Yeah. But so, I, 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 not to interrupt, but I do have a question ahead. that actually brought me to this point. So, for example, like Kevin Spacey yeah. is, uh, the, the camp can't come for me for this because it's pretty much a given. He's not a good dude. He's a shit dude. Yeah. Are there people who are are who have ASPD who are not bad people? Uh, I'll get or like I said, universal? I'm going to get to it at the end. Okay. That there are some people that I was surprised to see on the list that I was like, oh well, Robert Downey Jr. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> Look at all the shit that he's just like. No, I'm not doing that. <laughs> like, yeah. come on, come on. Plus, but that could glasses. also be someone who's like super self assured and like I know a what Taurus. I'm worth. Yeah. um anyway dr masan says someone exhibiting this behavior may also lack deep emotional connections like i said earlier superficial charm um be very aggressive and they get very angry sometimes in addition to the signs and behaviors dr masan says that there are certain traits associated with aspd um one thing that i found interesting is that more men than women have this diagnosis yeah but i i will say that's that doesn't come as a surprise in the sense that, for example, um, like, for example, with autism, boys are diagnosed with autism at around the age of two. Okay. Girls tend to be diagnosed like nine, 10, even as old as 15 in their 20s. They just doctors don't look for like ADD, ADHD. It's very similar, like a lot of things doctors don't look for that sort of shit in girls like it's part of the whole sexism thing like they're just not well, i always i i also thought with autism the signs were different in girls than with guys like there are some that is like across the board uh someone with autism could have some of these traits but in women sometimes like there's other traits that that go kind of unnoticed i think it might be something like this too with uh aspd i find that especially men who are prone to anger can um, be very expressive at like the drop of a hat and show their emotions kind of on their sleeve. And I feel like sometimes women can hang back a little bit and be a little more calculating and like kind of hide, um, especially um, maliciously hide their intent. So it might be a, a certain thing of like, maybe men and women both have uh, proportionally the same um, amount of people diagnosed. I mean, the same amount of people who have ASPD, but women technically aren't diagnosed all the time. Again, like I said, not psychology student, just kind of throwing that out there. 
Um, I, I will say, I think the term you're looking for is masking. And I yeah, know that, that yeah, is exactly. very prevalent with women, for example, in the autism community, that that's a, a reason why a lot of girls have come out and been like, oh, but like I was masking and I didn't know it, which is for those who don't know, it's hiding your stim behaviors and whatnot, or like seeing how other people act and react in social situations and basically mimic it, whether yeah. or not that's how you behave um, or would behave. Yeah. But I, I think I think it does. I, I really do think that it does have to do with that. But I think it also just has to do with they just don't like it's the same reason why, like, for example, women spend years before they're diagnosed with endometriosis because yeah. they're in so much pain. But they're just they're just seen as being dramatic. It's I think it's a similar vein where it's like. I, I'm, I don't want to say that doctors don't care but almost like they don't know to care. Does that make sense? Like yeah. they don't they they're more likely to think, "Oh, a boy would be more likely to act out if a girl is acting out." Well, girls develop differently. Like that's what my parents or for example just being were dramatic told. Or something. They're just being dramatic yeah. or like when my brother was showing signs of being autistic, he was like 6 months. Yeah. And he wasn't diagnosed until 18 months because the d pediatrician just kept going, well, you're used to Caitlin. You're used to girls. Girls develop differently. Girls develop faster. Yeah. But there's it, that's very damaging thinking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because the, the earlier you can get help for somebody who has yes. some type of di whatever diagnosis, any it is, diagnosis, whether it's, yeah, it's ASPD. Yeah. But whether it's a mental health condition, whether it's a physical condition, whether it's whatever it is, yeah. uh, the earlier you can catch something you can get treated for it and hopefully you can get help for it sooner. Yeah. So early intervention is always key, no matter what the issue may be. Yeah. Well, another fact about ASPD is to receive an ASPD diagnosis, you have to be at least 18 years of age, but some people will show signs mm. of uh, conduct disorder, which may be an early indicator of ASPD as early as age 11. So, they can't be diagnosed specifically. You can't give an ASPD diagnosis apparently until you're 18 years old, but there's another disorder, which I'll talk about again later. Um, conduct disorder. I think there's two types of conduct disorder, um, that I'll talk about that they can diagnose earlier, like in like the preteens. Okay. Um, and also ASPD is a chronic condition that apparently seems to improve with age. I don't know if people get better at hiding things or if oh or if I, uh, <laughs> I don't know what I don't know with with a personality disorder if you're aware of it and you have a diagnosis you're like okay this is how I I know I have this diagnosis so I can um I can do things to get better or yeah. to do better but I don't know if there like I'll talk about later there are some people especially criminals who um who were diagnosed i don't know diagnosed allegedly diagnosed with aspd that mm -hmm. um kind of used it for more nefarious reasons yeah yeah so i mean and i think that'll be the case regardless like there will always be those people um but i i wonder if it also has to do with because you were talking about and i'm sure you're going to dive into like more deeply the treatments that people with ASPD mm -hmm. undergo. But yeah. I wonder if that's it too. If it's like, 
if you're if you're for example constantly taking a medication and it'll eventually help it's like when you've got depression and you take your meds and you're not as depressed as when you started hopefully um as time goes on like you get better but you've also learned like coping tools and you've learned like through therapy like certain things that are triggers certain things that are not um move out to california to avoid many of those triggers both seasonal and personal slash human um but not that i'm speaking from personal experience um but i i like seriously i i wonder could that be the cause of why it lessens with age i don't know that was uh on um a medical website that i was looking up and they didn't really dive too far into Mm. why it improved with age so i was just like wow that's a pretty interesting fact Um, they were probably like who's gonna care about that and meanwhile we're sitting here like the people with the true crime podcast care again if you know let me know why why it improves with age is it something that like again that you just get better at managing or whatever um but i also found that mortality rates are higher with people with aspd because of their behavior because Mm. they have a tendency for reckless behavior right and uh defying rules and stuff that can lead you like if you say caution don't touch stove hot and you think touch stove well i'm gonna do the exact opposite yeah exactly what do you know especially like danger do not enter that is just like a beacon of like right well i want to fucking go in there why can't i go in there or even something as simple as hey wear your seatbelt and I mean, it could i'm be. not gonna wear my seatbelt. and then the next thing you know you're through the windshield and into your next life like again and also we keep talking about uh if you're a psychology student contact us if you're diagnosed with aspd i also really kind of want to talk to you because i don't know know. anybody with this diagnosis and i don't know how somebody copes with something like this and how you even figure out you have it like that's kind of scary too yeah um but you asked about treatment so according to dr masan aspd can be difficult to treat because people who need help don't often believe that there's a problem with their behavior. I find that with a lot of huh, um, yeah. mental health things, especially yeah. the stigma behind mental health. Yes. But um, particularly, you you live in your own head. So mm-hmm. you think all your thoughts are fine thoughts. My mind I mean, that's palace. what I would think. That's what I do think. That, like, yeah, that, yeah this, go, is, this is normal. Yeah, this is normal because this is me and I only know me and this is normal. Yeah. And somebody with aspd could have those own thought their own thoughts like that and be doing like very nefarious things <laughs> yeah um but like i said as a result people rarely seek treatment um that said the established guidelines to diagnose aspd is that the behavior generally begins around age 15 or in the teenage years which can also i think be a problem because i find a lot of teenagers just are defiant yeah that's just like that's across part of the being board. a teenager yeah if you're not you sh- if, if like you have a teenager who is not you should be worried maybe i don't know oh i absolutely think so i think that that's kind of an indicator that something might be wrong whether it's at home or mentally that like that's the whole kind of not not being facetious that's kind of the whole point of being a teenager is you're pushing your boundaries you're seeing how far you can go you're seeing you're, you're learning for yourself and if you yeah. if you are the it, like and i'm not saying you have to be like well uh, poorly behaved or anything like that but if you're not like 
if you're example, not breaking some rules if you're if you're not even curious to if there's like something going on like it's different from being like the goody two shoes being like well what if this happens like it i'm trying to figure out like a way like i think it could be an indicator of anxiety it could be an indicator of abuse it could be an Maybe. indicator of depression that you just don't care enough it, like i think that there are some serious issues physical and mental that could be that could be a warning sign maybe we're like hey let's look into this if this kid if this kid doesn't step a toe out of line when your teenagers are supposed to be rebellious could it be that they have a bad home life and their ass is going to get beat if they step a toe out of line i mean yeah i guess so i mean i wouldn't say that across the board oh no that, no no that should be something to look at but um yeah there's, other, there's other signs typically yeah. But it's definitely it's I, I would say it's the norm to yeah. like kind of push, push your boundaries. It a little bit. Yeah. But um Dr. Masan says the true ASPD diagnosis is not made until the age of eighteen. And I feel like that's kind of an age where you've like in high school and stuff, you've kind of pushed it and like college, mm -hmm. you're gonna like go out and kind of be your own person and play at being an adult. And right. like you may you might turn a little more serious in uh you're like late teens early 20s because you think you're all grown up and yeah you're good at everything you know everything um so i feel like making this diagnosis by the age of 18 if you're still like being extremely defiant and um there's a difference between being defiant as like a teenager and like smoking a joint behind the high school and yeah like being rebellious as like an adult and like stealing a car or like... i was about to say <laughs> there there was a kid i went to high school with quick tangent but at the same time it's kind of true crime related so and i feel like i've probably told this story before did i ever tell you about the kid who had a drug problem at the time in my high school and his dad worked at the high school and he came to school super high on like hardcore shit not like weed like he did the hard shit one time mm -hmm. he ran so he somehow they figured out he was high he ran there was a big there's a big forest behind my the like my school my high school and he like ran into the forest and they had like called the police because he had been making like verbal threats i guess and he then like I, i'm assuming he sobered up at some point because he was gone for like a while in the in the forest police were in there his dad was there looking for him nobody could find this kid and then he ended up having snuck back onto campus gotten into his car and tried to hit his father run him down with the car wow and ran off and they found him if i'm remembering correctly they found him in like a hotel in new york city mm -hmm. with like a drug dealer and a sex worker wow at like 17 though very very young and i mean that's that's the type of shit where you should wonder where you should worry where yeah, you should exactly. be like hey maybe this kid needs help also i just watched being literally like tap it and run he ding dong ditched your literal ass yeah uh yeah. i will say we didn't say up top and by the by the time you're hearing this we'll have cut out a bunch of loud meows <laughs> but bean is on something today he is fiending. he has aspd <laughs> yeah. he is a teenager now he and he is a little monster he's pushing his boundaries he he's gotta it's boundaries. what teenagers do yeah he's also hungry as fuck that's also no, what he, teenagers he's just do you just he's, he's never not hungry no you don't understand that's bullshit you don't understand he's still hungry you have not fed him enough enough Whatever. is never enough well anyway 
So, like we have been saying, Dr. Masson says, quote, for most people, the worst of the behavior occurs in the late teens and throughout the early 20s, end quote. Which is what we've been saying is, like, if your rebellious period is lasting into your early 20s when you're supposed to, like, be, like, try to be more of a person instead of just, like, a goblin energy, then that's when, (laughs) that's when you need to get looked at. Or somebody Um, needs to be paying attention, if you're exactly. not, yeah, because again, like you were saying, you're you're in your head more than anybody else. So you're sitting there thinking that these things are normal, which is where parents need to be more vigilant. Teachers need to be more vigilant. Exactly. Coaches, friends, parents of friends, like they need and to be everyone, like, hmm. And everyone kind of needs to be more vocal of like, I think something's wrong with Jeff. Yes. I yes. Think, like not to be rude, as a friend, I think Jeff needs to go to therapy for a second i think yeah i think jeff needs to talk to someone be seen by someone and even just i mean i know that there's that big fear especially when it comes to adults where they're just like oh like but if i say something that's gonna cause drama like teenagers live for drama teenagers don't give a fuck but also if you're living for drama you're less likely to be taken seriously when you're going hey i think my friend jeff needs serious psychological help yeah as opposed to if an adult says it it carries more weight but i think that's where they get caught up is an adult Mm -hmm. is going oh this carries more weight and i don't want to create waves and i don't want to cause a problem and that's how these kids and not even just kids with mental health issues but kids with like we've talked about it again like with other issues at home issues or drugs or alcohol or something like that they don't they don't want to like cause a wave they don't want to like make an issue so more waves are going to be made if something bad happens to this child or because of this child yes like i mean it's even beyond how do i put this it, it's more than just a wave like you're talking about the difference between like some waves and a tsunami because this is just going to keep building and building and building until it comes to a really huge head whereas yeah like maybe you say hey jeff needs help and their parent is the originator of that tiktok sound bite my child is completely fine yeah maybe you create some waves maybe there's a small issue there maybe there's a slightly bigger issue there but it's undoubtedly going to be less drama less just insanity than letting it go unchecked and i do want to say i do want to say that um although we've been talking about people with ASPD, like ticking time bombs. It's not the case for everyone diagnosed with ASPD. Some people can lead very fine lives with ASPD. But when we're talking about ASPD being the medical term for what is known as a psychopath, that can sound scary, um, but it's not like a death sentence or a murderer's sentence or anything like that. We're just talking about how... This word that gets thrown around all the time, especially in the true crime world, we're trying to demystify it and find out, well, when you're referring to someone as a psychopath, are they really a psychopath or do they have a medical diagnosis or you just think that they're weird? Yeah. Yeah. So, again, for anyone with ASPD listening, we're not stigmatizing you as like a problem person. (laughs) Um, No. Definitely not. We're just talking about the... um, 
the research that we've done for the diagnosis of ASPD and um, how challenging that can be kind of. Yeah, and how regardless of your situation, regardless of your diagnosis, whether it's ASPD or something else, early intervention is often the first step. Yeah. That's just And acknowledgement acknowledgement of a problem is huge. Because like we said, that many people don't get help because they don't think that there's a problem. Right. If you can acknowledge that there's a problem and you can get help, then you can hopefully tackle whatever issues might come up yeah every 12-step program first step is admitting it it's very true and uh more on the diagnosis to get a proper diagnosis a mental health professional will conduct a full mental health evaluation during this process the mental health professional will evaluate a person's thoughts feelings behavioral patterns and relationships they will identify symptoms and compare them to the aspd symptoms in the dsm-5 and the dsm-5 is is the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, 5th edition. And that is referred to in a lot of, like, courtroom true crime things mm-hmm. that when they're talking about um, someone's mental state, they'll refer to the DSM-5 as, like, the cornerstone of how you diagnose mental disorders. Okay. And a mental health professional will also look at a person's medical history. This full evaluation is a critical step since ASPD tends to present combined with other mental health and addictive disorders. Since a true ASPD diagnosis is typically delayed until the age of 18, adolescents and teens that display similar symptoms are often evaluated for conduct disorder, CD, or oppositional defiant disorder, ODD. Of the two disorders, CD is more severe than ODD. When determining if a child has ODD, clinicians will look at how they act around people that they know. Typically, someone with ODD is more likely to act oppositional or defiant around family members, teachers, or a healthcare provider. If an adolescent or teen is showing an ongoing pattern of aggression towards others, they regularly make choices that are in opposition of the rules and social norms at home, at school, with peers, a clinician may decide to evaluate evaluate for cd so i I, again odd sounds like one of those things that can be pretty tricky i specifically can think of a kid that um is the child of i don't want to like get too specific i know i know the child of a family friend (laughs) that has a lot of um oppositional um, problems. He's very defiant. Okay. Uh, he has an aggressive streak um, to family members, to his siblings, to his parents. Uh, and I can I can definitely see him having ODD. Now, as far as CD, um, where he's vicious to like other people, I don't think that that's true. Okay. Just on a personal experience, like I don't think I've I've experienced. Um, anybody in my life that I could say probably had CD. But there's a couple of people that I'm like, ODD sounds uh, sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. That they're that they're oppositional just to like family members and stuff. Like, yeah. yeah. And teachers and healthcare providers. And people. authority figures. Yes. And, and kind of people they feel safe around. Because yeah. Because it's family and it's teachers and you're like, I can probably get away with this is what exactly. the, the yeah. thought process might be. But somebody with CD probably just thinks 
I don't know if I can get away with this, and honestly, I don't give a shit. See, there's a kid I used to babysit for, and I'm trying to decide which one he is, because he's definitely one of them. But, and I feel like I've told you, I, I, I keep, I feel like I'm that grandma that keeps repeating stories, and... Again, 170-something episodes in, it's we're going to repeat some stories. It's going to happen. But there was a kid who, he was totally fine until he did not get his way. He wanted to watch TV. I was like, not until you do your homework. He, like, threw a tantrum. And I'm talking, like, throwing things. Like, it, it was just like, I'm not doing my homework. I'm doing what I want to do now. Uh-huh. And I was like, that's real great, but that's not what's happening here. And he went from this like sweet kid to I'm talking, he was maybe seven, eight at the time. Mm-hmm. And like using words that I did not even know as a teenager in terms of like vulgarity. Yeah. Um, and like, I'm sitting there like, where did you learn this shit from? And he ultimately barricaded himself in the bathroom and i was just like fine but like when you come out that's it like you're grounded like you can stay in there but you're grounded i'm telling your mother you're not watching tv you're sitting in the kitchen and doing your homework not even like in the living room like we're done here and long story short he ultimately told me that if I did not give him what he wanted, he was going to tell his mother that I was peeking in on him while he was using the bathroom and that I touched him on the yeah. genitals. Yeah, that's seven or eight. Yeah, that's a problem. That was that, my last day. <laughs> I mean, that that's more like, obviously, you can say any kid will like kick and scream if they don't get oh, what yeah. they want. Oh, but yeah. Being, but that like, was beyond that cold. He was breaking shit. Yeah. No, and he was breaking shit, yeah. like, before that's, he that's even barricaded something that, himself. That needs to be looked at a little deeper than, yeah. than just, like, oh, he's just a kid, and of course, like, he just wants his own way. It's like, no, there's something... No, that was... Yeah. Well, and then the yeah. mother said he actually... Because when I told her, I was like, listen, I know that you have no reason to believe me, but this went down and I did no such thing. And that was the other thing that I'm just remembering now was... He actually, because I went to talk to her in the kitchen while he was in the living room and his mother was like, stay there. And so the way we were standing was his mother had her back to the doorway of the kitchen, like open doorway, no doors or anything. Uh And so I was looking at her so I could see over her shoulder and he had left the living room, followed us to the kitchen and was standing in the doorway, staring me down, trying to intimidate me out of telling her yeah yeah Haley's making a face like what the fuck but that's exactly what it was and so I just kind of went um and his mother turned around and was like oh child's name here go back into the living room and so I was like listen I know you don't know me from anybody but like this is what went down and she was like oh his teacher did call and say that he had an issue at school today and I was like yeah you told me that but you made it sound like it was with another student that the student did something to him yeah and she was just like, yeah, well, he's just he's going through a lot right now. His father and I are getting a divorce. I was like, this is not that kind of behavior. I'm 18 and I can see this is not that kind of behavior. Yeah, that's scary. I and, mean, obviously, like going through a divorce and like having like a traumatic thing happen in your life. We oh, hear yeah. It a lot. Like, yeah, that's going to cause some some turmoil, especially if it's not going great. <laughs> right. Yes. But saying to your babysitter, whom also has been babysitting, it was a regular weekly gig, like a few times a week, yeah. saying to your babysitter who has been babysitting you all of like three weeks, 
I'm going to tell my mom that you sexually assaulted me if you don't give me what I want. And then I'm going to try to intimidate you. And as awful as it sounds, I was a little intimidated just because his stare was cold. Yeah, it was straight scary. up. It was chilling. Yes. If and there's a kid with nothing behind the eyes. There, and there really wasn't. And I was just like, what the fuck? I felt like I was in like a horror movie where like the child is like, like orphan, but like not like orphan. This kid yeah. was clearly not 40 years old. Um, but it's just it's it, but his mother didn't get him help. She she didn't even try to really fight me when I told her like I went home and I told my parents what happened and they were like, you're not going back there. And I texted her and I was like, because I was supposed to work the next day. I was like, hey, I got to quit. I'm sorry. And she didn't even try to fight me on that. She was just like, I completely understand. And that's another problem with uh, trying to get diagnoses done is like a kid can start exhibiting these behaviors and um, can be tested. And like I said, um, the test is like they're going to look at if anyone thinks that they might have something like this, they're going to look at your medical history and they're going to ask you, like, it sounds like a therapy session that they're going to ask you about like your relationships with other people and your own thoughts and and stuff like that, just to get a grasp on like how you're thinking. So it doesn't sound scary if anyone's worried. It just sounds like a talk therapy session and you give over some of your medical records so somebody can look at it and evaluate it. It Um, it actually sounds like when they tested me for bipolar disorder when we couldn't figure out what was wrong with me and i i don't have it i've got major depressive disorder but it was a very similar sort of thing except it was with my gp it wasn't with a therapist yeah but well i don't, I don't know the same who... stuff that went down but it was like a therapy session is what i'm yeah, saying it just it just as a mental health professional will will um yeah do this um diagnosis but um yeah it's it, it's also kind of like if it can um manifests itself at a young age it, it's also kind of up to parents to be like i do acknowledge that there's something off yes. here that is not of the norm and i think this needs somebody to look at it yes or or even like if it, not just the parent but like an authority figure for example the teacher had clearly called his mom and had been like hey something happened today yeah i went to his mom and went hey something happened if the teacher hadn't spoken up and if I hadn't spoken up, then that would have been just as bad. Like, yeah. yes, his mother at the end of the day needs needed to do something, but so do the other authority figures yeah. that are witnessing to, this behavior. Yeah. To like show that there's a problem. Yeah. Well, um, moving on, I actually found like I got <laughs> sucked into this like rabbit hole of finding out what psychopathy is. And mm-hmm. neurologically speaking, I found something that was interesting um, thanks to advancing MRI studies, experts are able to visually to visualize specific brain differences and abnormalities of individuals with psychopathy in areas that control emotions, social interactions, ethics, morality, regret, impulsivity, and conscience within the brain. Blair, a researcher who pioneered research in um, psychopathic tendencies, only referred to as Blair in the research I did, okay. says, quote, With regard to psychopathy, we have clear indications regarding why the pathology gives rise to the emotional and behavioral disturbance and important insights into the neural systems implicated in this pathology, end quote, which is freaking crazy. They can they can see on an MRI something might be off here science is amazing yeah i don't think they can give like a definite diagnosis it's like if you have 
this look in your MRI, then you definitely have this. I think it could. It's one of those things that like all of these things together come together to make this diagnosis. It's not one of these things. Yeah, like it can be used in conjunction with other diagnostic tools. And I yeah. think that anything that helps further solidify, like for the sake of the patient, anything that further helps solidify a diagnosis, that's that's amazing, that's huge. Yeah. Another thing that I don't have as much trust in, but we'll get to it. So. There are a lot of free psychopath tests, quote unquote, unquote, oh, floating boy. around on the internet. Like the IQ tests. So yeah, do you much. have the IQ of Marilyn Monroe? Let's find <laughs> out. Take this quiz, then post it on your Facebook. So basically, the test is used in psychology, and it's called psycho- uh, psychopathy checklist revised, and it's heretofore referred to as PCL-R. And it was created by Robert D. Hare, who's a Canadian psychologist known for his research in the field of criminal psychology. And And it's based on Hervey. She ignores that. Okay. Cleckley's. I didn't hear what you said. What was it? You said, and he's known for, and blah, blah, blah. And I went, and his hair? He's known for his hair? Oh. (laughs) No, it's (laughs) H-A-R-E. The fakest laugh. The, like, the I'm humoring a child laugh. It was in the middle of a sentence. (laughs) Um, but anyway, it's based on Hervey Cleckley's criteria from the 1940s. And this guy is um, an American psychiatrist and pioneer in the field of psychopathy. Okay. Um, and uh, criminological, I think that's how you say that. I said that very fast. That, criminological no, concepts such as, such as those of William and Joan McCord uh, and his own research on criminals incarcerated um and incarcerated offenders in Canada. So Robert D. Hare created this with uh, just a trickle-down effect of other researchers. And the PCL-R is widely used and is referred to by some as the gold standard for assessing psychopathy. There are nonetheless numerous criticisms of the PCL-R as a theoretical tool and its real-world usage. The test itself is a 20-item inventory most commonly used to assess whether an individual exhibits certain traits and behaviors that could indicate psychopathy. It's intended to be completed along with a semi-structured interview and a record of avail- and a review of available records, such as police reports and medical information. So kind of sounds like this test also goes hand-in-hand hand with what we were talking about before. It's like, this test isn't going to tell you if you're a psychopath, yeah quote unquote um but it will be used in conjunction with a lot of other things that can like help aid in this diagnosis right and it's scored by a mental health professional not just some bot on the internet (laughs) and the scores are often used to predict the likelihood that a criminal may re-offend or whether they are um able to rehabilitate that's another problem uh lots of the times when i find information on this test it's used basically for criminals and not okay. somebody who has aspd or is thought to maybe have aspd and again somebody with aspd is not necessarily a criminal they're not always going to um do some terrible acts like it's just a diagnosis it's not yeah. a death sentence yeah um but many studies have linked psychopathic traits to violence, nonetheless. Court systems may evaluate a criminal's psychopathic tendencies as a way to predict the likelihood that they will commit further violent acts. 
The PCL-R is often used as evidence offered by the state to argue that a defendant poses a high risk to reoffend. Occasionally, the test results are also employed by the defense as a way to try and prove that an offender poses a low risk of reoffending due to the absence of psychopathic traits. So it's kind of used on both sides of an argument. Be like, if it's if the result is really high, be like, listen, this person can reoffend. We shouldn't let them out into society. On right. the other side, they can be like, look at this test. It says that the likelihood of them reoffending is not great. Yeah. Um, but the PCL-R can sometimes be used in the uh, determination of parole. It's most often introduced oh. by the state as a way to show that an offender may be likely to commit further acts of violence upon release. Psychopathy assessments may have been introduced during the sentencing phase of death penalty cases as well. In most cases, the PCL-R has been used to argue that a defendant is likely to commit a violent act in prison, a factor that may warrant the death penalty. The okay. PCL-R has also been introduced in some uh, civil commitment uh, determinations, juvenile transfers to adult courts, termination of parental rights, sentence enhancements, and competence to stand on trial proceedings, all which sound like, yeah, you need to know if this person has psychopathic traits <laughs> uh, yeah. to do any of these things. Um. But there have been some cases where the introduction of the PCL-R was prohibited as some research suggests that psychopathy may not be a strong predictor of institutional violence, as some proponents have argued. I don't know if you can hear a fucking banging noise. That is now my heater that is going on. So this episode is all over the fucking place. It's saying feed bean. Yeah, right. He finally fell asleep. No. Don't say that. Yeah, I was going to say you did that to yourself. Um, Anyway. An alternate test to the PCL-R is the Psychopathic Personality Inventory, the PPI. It was introduced okay. in 1996, and unlike the previous tests, the Psychopathic Personality Inventory was developed to comprehensively index personality traits without explicitly referring to antisocial or criminal behaviors themselves. It is a self-report scale that was developed originally for non-clinical samples, um, I think in the research it said it was tested on university students. Okay. Instead of prisoners. So their base is just a general population and not somebody who has committed a horrible act. Um, it can be used on prisoners or somebody who's who has um, committed violence, but it doesn't have to be. Unlike the previous one that was almost exclusively used on people who have already committed violence. Um, it was revised in 2005 to become the PPI-R and now comprises 154 items organized into eight subscales. The item scores have been found to group into two overarching and largely separate factors, uh, fearless dominance and impulsive antisoci antisociality, um, plus a third factor, cold-heartedness, which is largely dependent on scores uh, from the other two. Factor one is associated with social efficacy, uh, while factor two is associated with um, maladaptive tendencies. And I know this is getting like really, really intense, but I'll get to something fun in a second. A person may score <laughs> um, at different levels on different factors, but overall the score indicates the extent of psychopathic personality. And I took the test. Oh. Uh, I have a link to the test. I will post the test. 
Uh, I don't know if this is the one, like the the actual one test, but it was one that I found online. So scores range from one, which is low, to five, which is high. Okay. And my results say your score from primary psychopathy has been calculated as a 1.7. Primary psychopathy is the effective aspects of psychopathy a lack of empathy for other people and a tolerance for antisocial orientations your score for primary psychopathy was higher than 29.04 percent of people who have taken the test wow yeah that score for secondary psychopathy has been calculated as a 1.8 secondary psychopathy is the apart. antisocial aspects of psychopathy rule breaking and a lack of effort towards socially rewarded behavior your score for secondary psychopathy was higher than 16.44 percent of people who have taken the test that's not both of those numbers that's not a lot yeah one is low and i got a 1.7 and a 1.8 yeah so Uh, i i do wait for the beginning of the next episode where caitlin reveals her (laughs) her score caitlin scored off the charts um caitlin needed to be admitted to uh, caitlin broke the test yeah (laughs) He only got a nine. It only goes to five. <laughs> um, I do. I do have a question, um, which I've wondered this about. Not even just this test. Like, for example, when they administered the bipolar test to me, I also had this question, but I did not ask it because then I didn't want them to be like, "Well, is she lying?" Um, but how do you know that the person who is answering these questions? is answering them honestly like for example let's say like one of the questions is like do you have a like do you feel guilt over something that you like bad that you do if they know that they're being administered this test what's to stop them from going oh yes of course i feel guilt like you know what i mean like what's how do they determine do they set you up with a lie detector i don't know about that but if you are honestly taking the test and you honestly want to find out your, what your results are, the questions are uh, like scenarios. So I'll read you a couple of them. And if you okay. want to take the test, you can go ahead. It, you can. Well, now you, I have to. You score it by saying you disagree, somewhat agree, neutral. Uh, wait, sorry. Disagree, somewhat disagree, neutral, oh. somewhat agree and agree okay so it's it's that kind of thing and some of the questions are i am often bored uh i don't plan anything very far in advance i quickly lose interest in tasks i start love is overrated i enjoy manipulating other people's feelings i often admire a really clever scam uh most of my problems are due to the fact that other people just don't understand me so it's questions like that it's like like it kind of it's not just like uh, I don't feel empathy for anybody. It's it's kind of like scenarios that can lead you to one way or the other. Okay. So it's just a heads that. up. I'm four for seven for that. <laughs> uh, I'll send you the link for the test. And again, I'm, I don't know. I'll, I'll post I want it. it. <laughs> I'll post it on uh, on our stuff. Please, like under the post where I put it, I'll put it on Facebook and and Tumblr and everything like that. Under yeah. the post, comment what your scores were. I really want to know what everyone's. Scores. And there's no shame. There's no shame. Regardless, if you score again, this lower is not than Haley, higher than Haley. I guarantee not, you, I will score higher than Haley. It's not something that's like if you score a five, you're, you're a gonna, bad person. You're gonna do a bank robbery. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, 
it, this if is, you, this is if it. you if you genuinely happen to score a five taking this test, maybe think know. about getting looked at. Like yeah. again, this is not a be all end all. It's some fucking internet test. Do not feel bad for what your score is. Do not. No. Okay. It's like the SATs. This shit doesn't matter. Just no. maybe go somewhere to discuss it. Yeah. Everyone yeah. should go to therapy. Everyone should go to therapy. No one should take the SATs. No, that's stupid. Uh, anyway, uh, we're already at like an hour, so I'm going to breeze through what sociopathy is. All right, um, shutting off my mic. <laughs> the term sociopathy has been first introduced in 1909 in Germany, in Germany by <laughs> biological <What>? psychiatrists. <laughs> I don't know. Germany seems like they invented <laughs> psychopathy and sociopathy, so I don't know. It's a joke. If you're I from just, Germany, I just, it's a lovely I'm place. Still, I'm still losing it. It's just like the quick like mumble of Germany. <laughs> <laughs> it's very late at night as we're recording this, so I've lost my mind. Um, yeah. But anyway, 1909 in Germany by biological psychiatrist Carl Brinbaum. And in 1930 in the U.S. by educational psychologist George E. Partridge as an alternative to the concept of psychopathy. It was used to indicate that the defining feature is violation of social norms or antisocial behavior and may be social um, or biological in origin. Today, it is a term um, people often use arbitrarily to describe someone who is apparently without conscience. In most cases, the cat is screaming in the background. In most cases, it is it is a description frequently tossed out to label a person as being either hateful or hate worthy. So that sounds a lot like psychopathy as we've been talking about. Yeah. So our friend Robert Hare stated in the popular science book, snakes and suits that sociopathy and uh, psychopathy are often used interchangeably. But in some cases, the term sociopathy is preferred because it is less likely than psychopathy to be confused with psychosis whereas in other cases the two terms may be used with different meanings that reflect the user's views on the origins and determinations of the disorder so he's saying they're pretty much the same thing but they don't always have to be and bean saying feed me <laughs> yeah he's uh causing quite a ruckus anyway. oh he did a large jump you, you guys are you all missing. Over you're shoulder. all missing the video shit. Um, anyway, Hare contended that the term sociopathy is preferred by those that see the causes as due to social factors and early environment, and the term psychopathy is preferred by those who believe that there is psychological, biological, and genetic factors involved in addition to environmental factors. So it sounds like it's like a nature versus nurture thing. It's like uh, sociopathy is more linked to someone's environment. It's not in your head. It's not biological. It is the place that you're living. But psychopathy is more biological. It's in you and you're born with it and you can't change it. Okay. Um, but Hare also provides his own definitions. He describes psychopathy not as lacking a sense of empathy or morality, but sociopathy as only differing from the average person in a sense of right or wrong. Um, L. Michael Tompkins, 
a psychologist at the Sacramento County Mental Health Treatment Center, says, quote, a key difference between psychopath and sociopath is whether he has a conscience, the little voice in his head that lets him know that we're doing something wrong. A psychopath doesn't have a conscience. If he lies to you so he can steal your money, he won't feel any moral qualms, though he may pretend to. He may observe others and then act the way that uh, they do so he's not found out. End quote. Um, a sociopath typically has a conscience, but it's weak. Um, they may know that they're taking your money and that it's wrong, but um, they might feel a little bit of guilt or remorse, but they won't stop. Like, that's not stopping them from doing it. Um, both lack empathy and the ability to stand in someone else's shoes and understand how they feel. But Aaron Kipnis, PhD, author of The Midas Complex, says a psychopath has less regard for others. Someone with this personality type sees others as objects that he can use for his own benefit. Psychopaths can and do follow social conventions when it suits that their needs. Psychopaths are more likely to fly off the handle and act violent whenever they're confronted by the consciences of their consequences of their actions. Since okay. sociopath is not an official diagnosis, it just joins psychopath under the umbrella diagnosis of ASPD, and there's no clinical difference between the two. Um, Dr. Masson disagrees with Tompkins when defining the differences between psychopath and sociopath, saying, quote, Some people make an artificial distinction based on severity of the personality disorders, but that's incorrect. They will say that psychopathy is a more severe form of sociopathy, but again, that's not really correct. Both psychopath and sociopath are other terms that describe ASPD. The behaviors that are seen in both fall under the symptoms in the ASPD category. So some people think that there's a difference. Other people are like, no, there's, they're just two terms that are used in the same way. But I don't know. Again, psychology students, psychology teachers, let us know. Yeah. Um, but now for our fun part, we're going to say some this examples. Okay. That's uh, also it got, fun. It got, it got clinical there for a minute. So, can I make a guess? Yeah. All right. I can make a guess for somebody on this list. Oh, wait. We're, we're, I'm going to go with fiction first. Oh, okay. Okay. So early representation of psychopaths in film were often character caricatures as uh, sadistic people, um, unpredictable, sexually depraved, and emotionally unstable characters with a compulsion to engage in random violence and destruction, usually with a series of bizarre mannerisms such as giggling, laughing, and facial tics, a.k.a. the Joker. I think the Joker is the manifestation of psychopath. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Does um, not mean you're the Joker. No. Just this, in this popular is, I'm, culture. I'm referring specific... Now I'm referring specifically to psychopath, not antisocial personality disorder antisocial yes. personality disorder is an official diagnosis it's a real thing psychopath kind of i think has a more... really like largely drawn on smile and a purple suit and really pale skin and I green think, hair i think in fiction specifically um psychopath is used as um uh, like they're not going with the nuances of this person has antisocial personality disorder and and this is an extreme case and this is not the the norm no they're referring to psychopath as somebody who is hell-bent on fucking doom and destruction mm -hmm. and 
that's how it's going to be. Yep. So up until the late 50s, cinematic conventions usually relegated the psychopaths' roles of um, genre villains such as gangsters, mad scientists, supervillains, and many types of generic criminals. Um, one uh, example would be Lenny Small from Of Mice and Men, who is mentally disabled, has huh. been described as also lacking a conscious or moral sense, a common definition of psychopath. Uh, his inability to stay out of trouble is often attributed to this. I think it's more that, like, he had a mental handicap. Yeah. That because was... I, granted, I... I had for... always believed he was on the spectrum. I, when that's I read what that I was going to say. When I was supposed to read that book, I could not bring myself to do it because I had always felt that he was on the spectrum. And that sort of media is difficult for me to read. Yeah. Um, But... I, if if I remember correctly, didn't he hurt or kill a puppy and feel mouse. bad about it, it? Oh, it was a mouse, and then I think he might have killed another animal later on. I don't remember. Uh, yeah, I, I I I'm going based off like my rudimentary knowledge from class. I read where it in they the tenth grade, it. so that was a very long time ago. I pretended to read it in the tenth grade. <laughs> yes. Um, but I and like that's like one of the only books that I pretended to read because I was just like, nope, can't handle this. Um, but I, I, if I remember correctly, I think he felt bad about it, didn't he? I don't know. Again, I got this from an article remember. that I will link. So go and yell at whoever sourced that information. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm googling it while you do this. In the 1993 book Girl Interrupted and its 1999 film. Uh, adaptation the character of lisa played by angelina jolie in the film is a rebellious antisocial young woman who is diagnosed with as a sociopath again it's in fiction so you can't be diagnosed a sociopath however it's left ambiguous whether the the diagnosis is accurate um problematic harry potter author jk rowling has described lord voldemort the series main villain as quote a raging psychopath devoid of all normal human responses to other people's suffering and there are people like that in the world end quote yes you're raising your hand yes um so according to enotes.com um so lenny is not upset that the puppy it is, puppy? It is a puppy it is okay. a puppy that the puppy dies the at some point he might have he very well might have because i mean it's in the title that's true I yeah. might have been just grabbing that from the title. Am I high right now? I, I have no idea. Um, but he's, he won't take responsibility that he was too rough, resulting in the puppy's death, and really is more concerned that he will not be allowed by George to tend the rabbits because the puppy died. So wow. I guess. Okay, maybe. I, I guess. But or she just like, doesn't understand human life because he doesn't have a fully developed brain. Uh, uh, or not even a fully developed brain just a fully developed neurological capacity yes and it i mean i don't know i don't know this isn't the of mice and men podcast so we're the of mice and men podcast so anyway but there's a lot of questions about the puppy (laughs) numerous characters in television shows are informally described as psychopaths including uh natalie buxton in bad girls sean slater and michael moon in east enders Dexter Morgan in Dexter, Tuco Salamanca in Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, and Frank Underwood in House of Cards. I know one of these. Yeah. It's Dexter. (laughs) (laughs) 
uh, Dr. Gregory House, the title character on the Fox medical oh. thriller House, is referred to as a sociopath multiple times by several characters throughout the yes, show. Yes, he is. He seems like he would have something like that. He would fit the bill. Um, Sherlock Holmes, lead character in the BBC series I Sherlock. I wondered about that. Yeah. yeah. He's referred to as a psychopath multiple times throughout the course of the show. In response to these claims, Holmes describes himself as a, quote, high-functioning sociopath, end quote. Um, he has also been described as having Asperger disorder, which yes. is ASD? Yes. Okay. Well, ASD Isn't it- can be autism spectrum disorder. Yeah, autism also. spectrum disorder. That's what I mean. Yes. It's just, it's part of autism spectrum disorder yes. now, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, though we don't really, I say we, I'm not part of the community, but I have, a, I, my brother is. Um, that's not really what you call it anymore. Oh, really? In terms of the spec, oh. in terms of the spectrum. No, 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 okay. no, 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 no. Don't, don't feel I bad. I know the You're terms fine. always this change. Is how we learn. I don't want to say the wrong thing. Well, and also this is how we learn. How are you going to know if you don't learn? So to, I'm actually learning this myself because there's a lot that I learned through helping care for my brother, through watching others care for my brother that i that i did not know and if you do want to educate yourself further for you or for anybody else so the autisticats i have found their accounts they're they have, they're on twitter and instagram as far as i know that's that's it um so the ones that i'm mostly on but um they provide some really good information and explanations and keep people up to date on like what is and isn't like the thing anymore but also okay. it's run by autistic people okay um so for example that's one thing that i'm kind of trying to get myself out of the habit of is i was always taught growing up my brother it's my brother with autism not my autistic brother when in actuality mm-hmm. no because that takes away from the fact okay. that autism is part of his identity just like okay. you wouldn't say for example my black friend or, or you would say my black friend not my friend who is black yeah um or my my deaf friend, my, not my friend who is deaf. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that. But the spectrum thing basically implies that people who are, f- this word is not like okay to use anymore, but quote unquote higher functioning, that that means that people like my brother, for example, who were typically classified as being on the lower end of the spectrum because he's not fully non-speaking. Uh-huh. He just doesn't speak very often he chooses Mm -hmm. not to speak very often that he would be seen as less than compared to like for example the good doctor or a doctor or a sherlock holmes or something like that the media that makes somebody with autism seem like a A genius genius yeah A, a, a savant the amount of times that i've been asked and honestly it's why i don't watch for example the good doctor just out of sheer principle the amount of times i've been asked what my brother's special talent is Mm. it's beyond to me yeah because like it's that's not who he is that's got nothing to do with it he's got talents everybody has talents it's not that he has this talent because he's autistic it's yeah he's got these talents because he's just fucking smart he yeah. gets it from his sister. Um, but we all know that's not true. But um, it, it's so, yeah, what I'm what I'm trying to say, I got off on a tangent. So the spectrum thing isn't really, I don't want to say PC because I feel like that's not the right terminology, but it's basically, it's it's like outdated because okay. the spectrum doesn't really apply. Encompass. It's it, However, one good thing, and I could be totally wrong about this as well, because like I said, I'm still learning. I'm just trying to be a better sister 
and a better uh, as as lame as this sounds as basic as this sounds a, a better ally to the autism community mm-hmm. um for example the puzzle piece the the puzzle piece is often the symbol of autism yeah and I, I know you know because I I'm decked out in that shit all the time, um, but it's it I it, I would liken it to that if anything because each puzzle piece is completely different but they're all like a part of a puzzle. Each autistic person their sims can be different, their behaviors can be different, the things that trigger them versus don't trigger them into a meltdown can be different. Um, like my brother is heavily bothered by certain sounds that somebody else with autism or somebody, some other autistic person might not be bothered by. Um, so it's, I'd say it's closer to that than a spectrum is that everybody's just, it's like, it's like other human beings. Everybody's different. Everybody communicates differently. Everybody is, ha- has things that bother them more than mm-hmm. others. And so I'd say it's, I promise the tangent is almost over, but I would say that that's closer to what it would be than a spectrum. Yeah. Because it's, it, it also, it, spectrum, it's like left to right or up and down, whereas it's much more than that. It's much more expansive than that. Yeah. And but I, yeah. Like, yeah, this sounds like a tangent episode, but I think the whole episode is about learning about different um mental health diagnoses and challenges and everything. So I don't think it's too much of a tangent. We're just trying to spread the knowledge, knowledge. that we have. Yeah. Well, and also the whole episode's a tangent. We don't, we're, this That's one's true. not the one where we're heavily scripted. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Um, lastly, uh, as far as fictional characters go, yes. some characters in Game of Thrones have been suggested to be psychopathic, including Ramsay Bolton, ooh. Joffrey Baratheon, the lady and with Cersei the hair. Lannister. Yes. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Uh, now here's your favorite part. Let's go All into right. famous people Donald alleged, Trump. alleged. That's in capital bold letters. Alleged. I'm not saying these people are. I'm saying this is from a list that I found on the internet, and I thought it was fun. I am fight me, Don Jr. Is it Donald Trump? It also doesn't mean that any of these people are criminals. They could be, but it just says alleged to have maybe um, people on the periphery have noticed that they might have. Uh, symptom not symptoms um some of the um the traits of somebody who has aspd often referred to as a psychopath anyway what is donald trump final answer number one woody allen oh i can so see that number two team Sean Penn. Ha. Huh. okay okay i can kind of see that too just from things that i've heard number three roseanne barr I don't know enough about her, but from what I do know. Yeah. Number four, Charlie Chaplin. Oh, wow. Yeah. Number five, Mel Gibson. Mm, number, s- number six, Christian Bale. All right. That checks out with certain things that I've heard. Number seven, Tom Cruise. Wow. Number eight, Kevin Spacey. Mm, that yeah. comes as a shock. And now for some criminals that have like often been referred to as psychopaths. Wait, so Donald Trump is not on the list? Is what you're Not on the me? list that I saw. Motherfucker. I, I 
think that a lot of people would say that he'd probably be on the list he's showing like from those like what was it like seven questions that you asked me like just outwardly that's uh, yeah again like, a lot of them we want everyone to the take bill. this test because i want to know everyone's results yeah. but anyway last but not least some criminals who uh have exhibited signs of um psychopathy bundy, john bundy, wayne bundy, gacy bundy. ted bundy yeah jeffrey dahmer eileen uh-huh. hornos diane downs and oh. r.i.p recently passed away ronald defeo jr yes he did just die yeah he did i posted that on you did that's facebook. how i found out i often find these things out through our own facebook page is that yep. sad i don't know you tell me but i Ooh. mostly share stuff on the facebook page so yeah uh, yeah ronald defeo jr the amityville horror house he died recently he and did. people say that he was most likely uh psychopathic makes sense it makes sense just based on and i'm not saying from like oh he's crazy but also go back Again, to our amityville episode trying to be um educate ourselves a little bit more the term crazy i know we not cool said it a yeah bunch of, yeah not but, bun- not cool we're going to try to do our best to uh work on our language language yeah so well, i think that's always like i mean and nobody's perfect we're we're inevitably going to slip up we are two human beings um some might even say we are two human beings half of the human beings that make up one human being um Haley is the left brain i am the right brain if you've seen the bo burnham special you know what i mean (laughs) um but i i mean we're going to slip up it's inevitable it's going to happen this is a preface that will happen we we don't know everything nor do we claim to and I mean, but yeah, crazy is something that I've been trying to get out of my vernacular just because also as somebody who is technically crazy based on what like people picture when you picture crazy, I mean, it's more than just like the other thing is like when girls are like now on TikTok, like, oh, my friend, she's such a crackhead. She's got such crackhead energy. Yeah, that's my manic energy. I didn't like, know. I mean, I'm not on TikTok, so I don't yeah, know. Yeah, you're not on TikTok. I don't know what the cool kids are saying, but it's, uh, it's that more sounds... of a meme. It's more of a meme than anything. It's oh. it's like, so like girls will make fun of girls. And that's a whole thing that I also take issue with that we're making fun of the girls, but girls will do it or guys will do it. And they'll be like, oh, my friend Bethany, she's such a crackhead. And then she'll like, the person who's like, quote unquote, Bethany will like fucking like click their heels or like run in circles or something like it's very Uh. obviously not but apparently that's what the youths are saying now we've got a youth that listens leo i think is a youth we got we definitely got a couple youths we've got a few youths well i'm I'm trying to think like leo is like the youths the the youthiest of youths as far as i know unless we're counting like cecile's infant but hopefully cecile's son is not listening to this (laughs) if you have an infant maybe don't maybe don't my cat but is currently I'm watching tackling this. Elliot, oh, so I'm going to have to go. This. I live for this. Uh, he's going to tackle me now. Watch, watch as he... Oh, yep, see, he yep. did it. I did. Nobody I else saw. He, Nobody he, else saw, but he, he just, just tried to kill me. He just beat the shit out of his mother. The he's disrespect. Disrespect. Um, I have to leave to deal with I this. I also have to leave. I have to eat. Yeah. So, um... Thanks for that. Go to the website, crimeculturepodcast.tumblr.com. That's us. You'll also find the links to all of our social media. We're on Facebook, mm-hmm. Instagram, Twitter. Um, you Not can LinkedIn. email us. 
yeah not we're not on linkedin no uh you can email us crimeculturepod at gmail.com yes um and again take the test it's a couple Please. questions and i'm really excited to hear what people have to say you can message us privately if you'd like or you can post them uh on the thread and it'll be a fun time for everyone to see what everyone's results are um that's it yeah and i'm good yeah we're going long today which is surprising i thought this would be a shorter one but anyway all right we will see you next tuesday peace bye bye oh i went low for that